Welcome to the Been There Lost Fat podcast, real education and advice from people who get it. We have been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. We're here to help you weed through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health, fitness, and physique goals in a sustainable way. I'm Sarah Fucinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me, here with my assistant coach and certified nutritionist, Jess Loy. What's up, girl? Good morning. And then we have a hero on the podcast today, um, fit with me, elite trainer. Um, I like to call him dad because he's actually my dad as well. Lindsay, you're never going out of Brooklyn. <laughs> Welcome to the pod, Billy D. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so dad saved the day because Josh and Shannon from Vivo Health Solutions, our medical partner, were supposed to come on. But they are, so they live in like three different places. They live here in Arizona. They live in Nashville. They live in Florida. They're moving here from here for their like stay in Nashville. And they have like movers and screaming kids and all of that stuff. And and everything is in disarray. So I texted Billy this morning and I said, want to one a pod? And he's here swoop, swooping in with his cape. <laughs> so what do we want to talk about today, guys? Well, I was, I was told we were going to talk about results and progressive resistance training. Oh, well, that was just um, a bait and switch. We're going to talk about other stuff. We're going to. Yeah. Because if we're going to talk about like, if we're going to talk about like menstrual cramps, I'm, I'm yeah, out. We're going, talk out. About, we're going to talk about your skincare routine. Oh, good. Perfect. Yes. Um, good. So Billy, as everybody probably already knows, is our, an elite trainer with Fit With Me. He has been in the biz and living the lifestyle for how many decades now? Four and a half. <laughs> so he knows his shit and he's been doing it right for that long too. Really important note. So we've had a common theme lately as we've seen clients, new clients, uh, existing clients that are picking up training where there are just so many ways to be optimizing your strength training program. And so that's where we're going to, we're going to start and end this podcast. And I'm sure that will tangent away. Um, but I'll let Billy take the floor and you're going to, I'll let you host this podcast. You know, it's Saturday morning. I'm right. Put my feet up. Good. Um, and let's talk about results. Let's make results. The word of the day, right? Everybody wants to see results. You know, what's funny exactly. is that, First tangent, first tangent on in the first minute. Uh, so my husband, Mark, he, uh, he's the most consistent person I've ever met with, with, with the gym. Um, but he's never, he doesn't, he trains for more of like the routine factor and the, um, like therapeutic value of it. And because he likes it, I don't train. Well, he does a lot of the functional stuff. Right. And he does circus shit. He does the craziest shit at the gym, but that's not why I train. I literally train because I want to look and feel a certain way. Um, and, and that is why, and that is a di the difference, I think, point one between training and exercising, right? So, um, I can tell you that Mark has recently started a program that you and mom wrote for him and he is now me, like, just mom. okay, mom wrote it. Uh, he's, he is like digging the game. He's fine. He's starting to train and now his body is starting to change. I mean, yeah, there, you cannot, there's no substitute for resistance training done as a standalone. I don't like it combined with anything. I don't like CrossFit. We all know that. I'm sure I'm getting a uh, cease and desist letter from them any day now <laughs> because I bash them constantly on social media. Um, 
But just to talk about results in general, I think results when we talk about resistance training are particularly elusive. And the reason they're elusive is twofold. It takes a long time for our muscles to hypertrophy, also known as grow and get bigger. Um, That's number one. Number two, unless we can start to peel off some of that layer of subcutaneous fat, it becomes very difficult for us to enjoy and see the progress that we're making. Okay. So here's the typical kind of continuum. A person who's not resistance training at all starts resistance training. She sees results pretty quickly initially. And what she doesn't know is those results are really the, the, the effect of neuromuscular uh, connectivity. So we're first, during the first couple of weeks, we're first starting to connect our neuro with our muscular, right? So, boy, she can't believe it. It's week three, and she went from five-pounders to 10-pounders. That's double the weight. Maybe she went from five to 10s to 15s. Well, what happens is that neuromuscular connection takes place and it's established, but it's not necessarily muscular hypertrophy. And that takes a whole lot longer to achieve where we're actually creating micro tears in the muscle itself. Our body overheals. That's what our bodies do. Our body overheals. Our body says, okay, you did something to your chest muscles that hurt them on a microscopic level. I'm not only going to fix it, I'm going to overfix it in case you're dumb enough to do this again. And that's how muscles grow. I always talk about the callus analogy. If you swing a hammer for a full day, eight hours, and you haven't swung a hammer in a while, you're going to be rewarded with some pretty gnarly looking blisters. But if you do it the next day and the next day and the next day, guess what? Those blisters are going to turn into calluses. So that your body is, again, overhealing. Your body is saying, okay, I'm going to fix the damage, but then I'm going to prepare for the event that you do this again. So that would be my opening statement. When it comes to anything as far as nutrition, nutrition, training, all of those things, it's always important to remember that our bodies want to maintain homeostasis. Our bodies are adaptive. So any initial stimulus is going to instigate a response. Um, but then your body's going to adapt to that. And this is why the cardio-based workouts are not a thing, are not, are not going to serve you. A, because you're putting in a posi- yourself in a position that you are literally like standing in your own way of putting on muscle. Because when you turn a strength training workout into a cardio workout, you're you're burning muscle, especially if you're in that moderate range. Guess what puts you in that moderate range? Orange Theory, Fit Body Boot Camp, F45, CrossFit Training. Those All of those things are holding you back from maximizing your muscle gain. Also, those things are not uh, cheap. And I can tell you that hiring Billy for personal training, one-on-one, customized to you, learning how to do it properly, you can spend the same amount of money that you spend at, at Orange Theory every month, and you will see your body change exponentially. So there's that. I do think that you need to circle back. And can you just explain what hypertrophy is and why that is our goal? Okay. Muscular hypertrophy is basically your muscles getting bigger. And they get bigger because we've damaged them, as I said, and we overheal. The benefit is, whether it's visual or not, um, we're increasing our overall muscle mass. So we're changing our BMI, we're changing our body composition. And that will always be a positive thing. And I think one of the things, men are more guilty of this than women by a long shot. But men don't like to train their legs. 
because we're all about our chest and our arms and our back and how beautiful we look. Meanwhile, half of the guys I see look like they might tip over at any moment because they look like a popsicle or a lollipop. Um, those legs, those are the reason, there's a reason that our butt is called our gluteus maximus. It's the biggest muscle in our body. Mm-hmm. So how in the world can we ignore that one? Um, added to the fact that our bodies do crave some sort of balance. You called it homostasis. Uh, there's a million names for it. So I always tell guys who don't want to train their legs, you're limiting what you can do with your upper body because your, your, your body is not going to permit you to get too far out of proportion. So that's what hypertrophy is. I would also like to say that as a woman, that when I see a man with like a nice set of quads on him, I like I am in like like having that that is something like nice calves that like are I like a big ass, not not so much, but a little like you know just some shape. But I think that quads on a guy peeking out of the bottom short of the shorts is like so attractive. And I keep thinking of um, I keep thinking of our friend and uh, and new influencer Gage. Shout out to Gage! Please use this as a promo, Jess. Um, By the who, way, I would, one thing I want to say to Gage is: as soon as I met him, I was immediately pissed off at my parents for giving me such a lame name. <laughs> right, right. So Gage is one of our best friends, and he is he is somebody who is really really working on his legs right now. And every single post that he makes is a uh, has chicken dance audio on it, and it's and I I've been like I've I've been ro- in, like in tears rolling at this, and now I'm like we need like a house remix of the chicken dance. We need we need to keep this audio going, but that's something that he's working on. Mark's been working on it recently as well. Um, but I think that's something that mom's always talked about. And we've touched in podcasts before is also the value of having a balanced physique. Um, and she gets after me because like, I don't train chest. I like, or I, I train very little chest because I don't care about that. I only train where my delts insert with my pecs because I, I care about my shoulders, but she's keeps, she's on my back always that she's like, you need to stop being lazy about that. <laughs> Well, isn't that interesting that it's the opposite, right? You want to train, mm-hmm. you want to train your glutes and your quads and your shoulders. Um, you know, that's one of the things I tell people about their, their overall physique in general is people tend to see our silhouette before they see us. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why there's nothing better than having nice cap shoulders, a nice narrow uh, uh, midsection a nice hourglass shape with the glutes and the quads because people see the silhouette. Mm -hmm. So if we present a good silhouette, that's why a good boxer always throws punches from inside his silhouette. Because if Mm -hmm. I bring my arm out here, I just told you I'm going to punch you, which I sometimes do anyway. Um, But if it's coming from in here, you're not going to see it until it's too late. Right. Well, I think it's important to also touch on the fact that there are, there are different reasons to train. So we're talking about hypertrophy as, as, as one aspect of that and focusing on muscle gain and on aesthetics and maximizing health. But then there are also people who train for strength. There are people who train, train for performance. And, this is, and, and performance is the one place where I think CrossFit is appropriate. And I think that CrossFit is something that it's really hard to do safely, but it's a sport and it's, it's, it's for performance. It's not to look a certain way. It's not to be your healthiest. It's not to be your leanest. It's, and, and you really can, the thing that's really cool about what we do and in the hypertrophy space 
is that it is the healthiest thing. And I can even tell you, like my mom has, uh, she's, she's gotten her bone density tested and, and over, it's incredible that she is keeping osteoporosis at bay. If you look at Renee and Billy, you could see that the, the benefit of strength training. I mean, they're both in their mid sixties. Sorry, I'm airing your dirty laundry. Um, and, and they look in, incredible. And, and it's, and, and it's, it, that's not, that's not an accident. I'd love to say that we're all genetic freaks because then that would be looking good for me, but it's really, it's, it's due to the hard work and putting the time into it. But when it comes to the hypertrophy piece, that is where you're going to maximize your aesthetics. That's where you're going to maximize your health as well. And, as and I, I stand in my own way, as I was saying with chest, because I am, as Mark calls me, the queen of efficiency. Like I want to, I like I want a specific thing, and I am, you know, I'm that. That's kind of how I am in, in life, right? Because I'm very focused on the thing. But sometimes it means that I leave other things out, and that ultimately doesn't serve me. And so, with my physique and looping back to the chest thing, what are the the female muscles that we really want to build for the shape that we want? That's going to be shoulders. That's going to be back. Those two things yeah, will back make to the, back to the silhouette, back to the I'll silhouette. Your waist appear even smaller. It's all about ratios. And then glutes and hamstrings. So those are like the female muscles. And because I, I, I get very focused on those things, I neglect the probably more functional piece of having more of a balanced physique. And where it gets me and where it really stands in my way, where I've noticed is, uh, is, is honestly my core strength especially because I've had plastic surgery, I've had abdominal repair. I have specifically chose, so I don't work any direct core. If you work out properly, you're always engaging your core, but I could probably have a, a, a better functioning body if I, if I did some direct core and I don't, um, and I won't because I don't want my waist to be even a teeny bit bigger. And that stands in my way of, of finding that balance between aesthetics and maximizing my, from, from a health perspective. Um, so I, so I just, just to digress, that's, that's why it drives me nuts. When I see people standing there holding dumbbells going like this. Oh my gosh. Like, please, really please, want... do not work obliques. please don't work obliques. Please don't do yes. twisty things. It's First make of your all, your spine yeah. wasn't, your, your spine wasn't designed to do that. Number one, number two, do you really want your love handles to get bigger? Cause they're right. not going to well, get smaller think... doing that. Right. Um, and I've spent, I've spent so much time and energy and money getting my waist really freakishly small, but could I probably maximize my gains if I did do some more core focused thing and probably incorporating some functional? Yeah, I probably could, but you know, I, I don't. <laughs> well, that's a good segue too, back to what you were saying before about, you know, efficiency and, you know, wanting things to be done. You start, you want to be done. And, you know, that's one of the points that I wanted to make in this conversation about results. And, you know, you don't get results without motivation and vice versa. Um, you know, we live in this world of immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. I mean, Amazon delivers the shit the day before I order it. So we're accustomed to like immediate okay. gratification. And there's, but there's really no immediate gratification to be had in the world of resistance training. It's just not going to happen that fast. I don't care how many drugs you're taking. I don't care what you're doing. You're not going to see anything immediate. So the answer is simple. And it comes from, from some very basic and tried and true uh, psychological concepts. You have to set limited objectives. When I was in business, my previous life, I became very expert at that. 
so that I was never disappointed in the outcome because I had set my expectations to a point where I couldn't be disappointed. So mm-hmm. I didn't say, I'm going to call this huge company and I'm going to get all their business. I said, oh, if only I could get somebody on the phone. And then if only I could get a meeting with them. And then if only they'll let me do my whole presentation. And you know what? If three out of 10 of those turned into a customer, I did fine. I did better than fine. It's like a post I put a couple of weeks ago. If you strike out three times out of 10 in the Major League Baseball, you go to the Hall of Fame. But you have to get to the plate. You have to get up there and swing your bat. So limit the objective. What's my objective? My objective is today, I don't really feel like working out, but I'm going to work out. And yep. those workouts, we all know, tend to sometimes be the best ones. Mm-hmm. Showing up is always the hardest part. And sometimes that, like, you know, it's all like that mental game, right? And so I always have the, that like, I, I don't, I'm not the person that like, I would, I never like sit outside and waste time and that kind of thing. Like, you know, we know efficiency, we'll circle back to that. Um, but I have the appointment in my calendar. I literally have the appointment in my calendar and I go, I go at that time. And if I'm not feeling it, I will even say to myself, okay, just go in and start. And if you're not feeling it, do two sets of each exercise instead of four. Something is always going to be better than nothing. And when I think that, and, and, and something that you said made me think about the, everybody needs to be kind of willing to be a beginner. And I think that the mindset around this whole healthy lifestyle, and, I, and I, I've said this a million times, and I'm going to say it 10 million more times, is that people think that it's intuitive and that you're just supposed to know how to do this stuff. It's not. Healthy eating, strength training, these are learned skills. And and we've just been given the impression that you're supposed to just like walk into the gym and know what to do. No, you like, no wonder why you're intimidating. You, it's, a, it's a fucking skill you don't know how to do. You wouldn't just go or you probably wouldn't decide that you want to start playing golf and just go, just go hit the links. You probably wouldn't just pick up a tennis racket. You'd fucking hire a tennis coach to teach you how to play tennis. But people are so hesitant on hiring a personal trainer or hiring a nutrition coach because there's this, this like this, this, this culture that we're just supposed to know how to do it when that's, that, that's not the case at all. It's not an intuitive thing. And I always say that, you know, if you look at it as a skill, then your expectations are more reasonable. If you hired me to teach you how to golf, you would have the reasonable expectation that you are going to fucking suck at golf. You are not even going to be able to play with your friends for a long time. You're going to be at the driving range, but then it starts to become a part of you. And so, so if, if anybody is just starting, um, just hire somebody, invest in it. It's going to be way cheaper than the medical bills of, of being unhealthy. It's going to be way cheaper than the medical bills of getting hurt too. <laughs> well, and, 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 and there's the, the great idea. Okay. I'm not going to go with intuition. So I'm just going to look around and do what other people do. Oh yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> I wait, I've had, I yeah, it's one, so when I've had clients that talk about like feeling like people are looking at them or feeling like, you know, like everybody knows what they're doing. So I've like, I, re- I honestly, I'm so in the zone and I'll tell you that like most, most people are so like you're, everybody's paying attention to themselves. Don't fucking worry about it. I've even like, uh, I'm still kind of shy to snap pictures in the gym. And, but if I do snap a picture, I always look at the people in the background who I think that everybody is looking at me and there's not one eye on me. Everybody's like in their phones or staring at themselves in the mirror or whatever it is. I've also looked up in between sets when I'm resting to see how many people know what the fuck they're doing. And this is no judgment by the way, because everybody starts as a beginner, but it's just data collection. And the fact is, if I look up and I see 50 people working out, there is less than 10 of them that are doing their the exercise properly in, in, in good form. 
Yeah, it's sad but true. Sad but true. It's, it, it took um, me months of working with Billy one-on-one to like get that confidence and get that efficiency down and doing the same types of exercises with him and just progressing and getting those little bit of tweaks and things. And, you know, it, it, it's taken me months to be able to be confident enough to be at home doing my own exercise routine, you know, that Renee had mm-hmm. put together for me that now I feel confident that I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. He's, he's, he's cued me enough that now I remember how this feels, you know, and I'm, Oh, oh, put my head up a little bit. Oh, you know, bring this back, hold it, make sure I'm holding tension. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hearing his cues now in my head, even when he's not there, but it took months of, of showing up and meeting with him to, to get that down. And I've consistent, I've been where I have been strength training. So I grew up with parents that strength train. So I grew up being, being some somewhat comfortable in gyms and, and learning the basic exercises. You know, when I decided that I was going to, that I was going to go on some ridiculous diet and then I'd say, Hey mom, will you help me? And she said, I'm always, you know, I'm always here to help you. And so I had like a good, a better idea probably than most when I started like this particular journey that I've been on for, you know, over seven years. Um, but even still now, like I, I still have form checks. I still send questions to you and mom. I still videotape myself. I still have all of those things. So it's still something that we're always progressing and learning in because again, it is a skill. Um, and the other thing that I think is really cool about having somebody else with you and having a, tra- a trainer, whether it's boots on the ground or virtual is that you will likely not push yourself enough um, to get the full benefit of your workout if you don't have somebody that that's coaching you. And it doesn't, and that doesn't mean that that's somebody screaming at you because we're not boot camp people. It's fucking bullshit. I don't, I don't think that yelling at people is a great way to help them, but correcting that form it's saying challenging somebody to increase their weight. Um, those kinds of things are things that really, those that it's that little, and I've even talking about this a lot with clients is I've just bring another like three to 5%. It will make all of the difference. Well, I can't tell you how often, because uh, I don't count reps when I train people virtually. I don't count reps because, first of all, I want them to count because it helps them breathe. And second of all, if the video skips or something, so now the client finishes the set and I go, oh, you got 10? And she goes, no, I got 12. <laughs> well, guess what? I missed two of them. But I can't tell you how many times I'll, I'll say, how many did you get? And the answer is, well, I got 12. Well, did you struggle to get to 12 or could you have gotten 15 if I asked you to? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I probably could have. Mm-hmm. So that's to your point, you know, okay, so let's add another band or let's put mm-hmm. another plate on the dumbbell. Let's make sure that we're struggling to get to that eight to 12, if that's the current goal, um, which leads into another subject. You know, we, we talked about beginning. Now let's talk about intermediate and beyond. Um, right. Well, you know, the whole idea of the whole, go ahead. And, and touching on back on loading the muscle and that adaptation. And let's say, let's, let's, let's pretend that cardio is the best way to look and feel that you want to look the way that you want to look. So in order to increase the load with cardio, you would have to increase the time. So there's only so intense that you can go with cardio as far, you know, before your heart just pumps out of your chest. So now you have to increase the time. Well, then your body's going to adapt to that. Then you're going to increase the time again. Your body's going to adapt to that. So now you're going to find yourself cranking hours and hours of cardio and your body will continue to adapt. But and we're and again, we're pretending like cardio is an optimal way of, of, of training or whatever it is. Whereas when it comes to strength training, you can increase the load and you can continue progressing with the same investment of time. 
And so that's something that I think needs to always be touched on. And again, why cardio-based workouts are just not, it's just not effective. It's not going to get you where you want to go unless you want to be skinny fat and you want to have a really low functioning metabolism. If you would like to eat a thousand calories a day and you would like to do two to three hours of cardio a day um, and look soft, then go for it. If you want to yeah, look- Yeah, you, like you can look like a marathon runner. They look really great. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's actually one of my favorite images. So if you Google- uh, marathon runner versus sprinter. There's a great side by side of somebody looking completely emaciated marathon runner and somebody looking incredibly fit sprinter, uh, which is when we do talk about cardio, we're typically talking about low intensity and hit training. Um, we're not, uh, it's very, I, I don't, I, I don't use a whole lot of, I use a little bit of moderate training, but I don't use it for extended periods of time. And the goal always is to keep your food as high as possible and keep your cardio as low as possible and to always be hitting it in the gym. That is how you are going to maximize your gains, your lifestyle, your health. Well, let's remember what it's called, right? It's called cardio. That means heart. Mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes we call it aerobics. That means oxygen. So that's the benefit in cardio is to make our heart strong, which is a great idea, particularly mm -hmm. as we age. But it's not going to achieve our goals. It's not going to. But you, you'd be better off. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was on one of my many diets because I was a chubby kid. And I'm sitting at the kitchen table and I'm eating a piece of chocolate cake. And my father walks through the kitchen and he says, I thought you were on a diet. And I said, yeah, but I'm going to go for a jog afterwards. And there was a town about 20 miles away called Asbury Park. And he said, well, you're going to have to jog to Asbury Park and back to get rid of that piece of cake, you know. Um, by the way, my father was a gym teacher. And it's just um, so that was the point. You all you do. What's that? I said that's uh, that, But the, the point is, all you're true. getting from a. Yeah, all you're getting is maybe burning more calories. That's it. So you can achieve the same result by not having the piece of chocolate cake. But let's get back to re to progressive resistance. You're okay, the calories. way progressive resistance. Wait, back up though. Though you're burning yeah. when you're doing cardio, you're burning calories while you are doing it. When you're doing strength yes. training, the goal is not like so. I, I I always like I let people do whatever they want to do. I don't hate on their fitness trackers and Apple watches, but it's total that that's it. First of all, it's garbage information. It's not correct. Uh, but if it makes you feel good about yourself, that's fine. I do think that if you can look at like relative data, then that's helpful. I think the only thing that your that your watch is useful for is to uh, look at the time and to mm -hmm. time your rest. And also mm -hmm. you can look at your heart rate for recovery reasons as well. And then for cardio purpose, to, to look at time and heart rate. Those, those are the two things. The calories that they give you to are totally inaccurate and useless because our goal during strength training is not to burn calories. But if we're talking about burning calories... During cardio, you will be burning calories during the session. If you strength train, you will be burning calories for a full 24 hours. And beyond. And beyond. And beyond. Um, so now we come to the idea of uh, progressive resistance. Okay. The, the, the concept says, I lifted 100 pounds this week. Next week, I healed. I got stronger. I lifted 105 pounds. Next week, I healed. I got stronger. I lifted 110 pounds. Well, there's a limit to that. Your, uh, your, your body can only handle so much. So I'm training for 45 years. I'm not doing thousand pound bench presses. <laughs> and if you did the, if you did the math, 
I would only have had to increase my weight by like a pound every six months and I'd be at a thousand pounds, but it doesn't It'd be work cool that if you were though, it would, if I would, then- be, I would, I would be on TV and stuff. Um, <laughs> so what's the answer? The answer is back to that adaptation piece, which is really at the essence here to give your body different things to adapt to. So what can we do if once we've reached the limits of progressive resistance, we can start to change the time, be- our rest period. So I'll sometimes do as little as 45 seconds rest. And sometimes I'll do 90 seconds rest. That's a big variable. Three minutes. If I'm, yeah. if I'm in, if I have lower reps, if I'm in that six to eight rep range and I'm really cranking it, I will, I'll go for three minutes. Um, and I, I'm somebody that will, um, that I have to like very specifically track my rest or else, I, or else I, I, I will be like turning it into a cardio based workout. Um, queen of, queen well, of, that's why, that's why I read, I read my book between sets. Yeah. I, have, I have my, my book on my phone and I read my book, um, back um, in the day. Read- so do you read your, you read your book? My, so first of all, my dad literally is, he's a voracious reader. Um, and his, and his mom always was too. And, and my, and my other grandma is too. We got lots of readers in our family. Um, and we're all, and I, and I guess maybe that's just like, you know, how we've all like been brought up, right. Is to like keep learning and growing and all of those things. But my dad is somebody that has like five books going at once and also will read a book in his rest sets with music in his fucking ears. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I have the ability to go back to the page and know exactly where I left off. And before the, all these devices, I used to bring a book. I would have a hardcover book in the gym and people were like, what's up with this guy? Um, there were many reasons they asked that question. Um, so the, um, the progressive resistance part is very important and the adaptation part is even more important. So giving ourselves different things to adapt to rest times, rep ranges, like Sarah said, sometimes I'm at six to eight reps. That's a lot. That's a low rep count. Sometimes I'm 13 to 15, but it's the only way to give my body the something new to adapt to. But the thing Mm -hmm. to remember when you get into those higher rep ranges is, and I talked about this in a post recently, you know, the, the, the transition from your ATP energy system, which is where we want to train our resistance training into your lactic system, a la feel the burn, you know, that transition takes place based on time, mm-hmm. time on how long it takes you to do the set. So it's not the number of reps. I can get to lactic doing five reps if I do them like this, mm-hmm. because the amount of time it's going to take me to get to five reps is going to be enough time for me to have exhausted that ATP, which by the way, stands for adenosine triphosphate, triphosphate. That's the three. What happens is when you burn one, you go from try to double. Your body needs to replace that third to make a try again. It can only do it for so long. And then your body says, okay, we're done. We're going to lactic now. And then you mm-hmm. feel the burn. Like if you're on the treadmill walking uphill, like first, ooh, there's the burn. And then the burn passes because you move from lactic to aerobic. And the aerobic mm-hmm. stage, you can sustain for, for a marathon. That's what those kooky people do. And no disrespect to them. Um, if that's what they like to do, I personally only run if I'm being chased. Um, oh no, I'm something... going fetal. I'm going fetal. <laughs> oh no, no. Well, it depends. It depends. If I'm being chased by somebody that's bigger than me, um, by the way, Sarah, I'm not six, I'm not six, two anymore. I have to admit it. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. He literally posted about being 6'2". And I was like, uh, I think mom's still claiming that she's five, one and three quarters. We might, we might have to do like the old school, like you guys stand up against the door and we can, we can just watch you shrink. Yeah. We'll put the little pencil mark. No, we actually did it. We actually did. I like it. it. I, so I, I like at one it. point in my life, I was six, two. Now I'm six and three quarters. All right. And you're still, still giant. You still, you still get giant benefits. You can, still still file can on the, giant, you can still file on your taxes as a giant. Yes, and I still don't need a good seat to see the uh, concert. <laughs> um, all right, so I was just going through. Sarah had sent an email prior to this uh, this little get-together. And oh, well, one I of the questions I thought was very... Wait, fuck my email. I still oh, have a question. So right. okay, it was something that Jason would always say, Jason, my, my coach. Um, is that, you know, some that, that, that rep ranges and programming rep ranges for different levels of, uh, of, of, uh, skill levels, um, is that there's definitely an art to it. And he would say something along the lines of, for me, I can get on, uh, you know, I, I can, I can buy my, but my first rep, I am, I'm fully loading the muscle. I'm fully connected mind muscle. Whereas a beginner, almost needs to uh, feel a little bit of that burn to be able to develop their mind muscle. So what are some things that, so is, so is there a magic equation? Is it like very nuanced? And, and, and then the part two, um, how do you, how do you help people have that mind? Like, oh, oh, and touch on what mind muscle connection is, but how do you help people to connect? Okay. That's a great question. And I deal with it all the time. Um, I had somebody that I haven't trained for a while this past week and she was talking about how her forearms are killing her. Well, I said, show me how you're holding the weight. Well, she's squeezing the weight like, like it's mm -hmm. for the, her life. So all of her energy is going into holding the damn dumbbell. And I said to, mm -hmm. I said to her, think of it like a baby bird. You want to hold it just tight enough to not drop it, but you don't want to mm -hmm. crush it. So the answer to your question is twofold. Number one and this is one of the things I really harp on with my clients is don't think about your hands. Don't think about the weights. Don't think about the bands. Don't think about the cables. Don't think about anything except the muscle that we're training. Because if you're tuned into that muscle, so let's say we're doing a, a, a flat fly with dumbbells. Okay. If you're thinking completely about your chest, your pectoral muscles, and all those, all your hands and your arms are doing is providing a conduit between the resistance and the muscle. But all the focus needs to be on the muscle, okay? You need to initiate the movement from the muscle. You need to complete the movement from the muscle. Both ways, both directions. Now, as far as where are they feeling it? That's a question that I get all the time. You know, gee, I'm really feeling that more in my rear delts, for example. Or I'm feeling that more in my triceps, for example. Well, it's time to adjust your hand position. Where is the weight? Where is the resistance in, in reference to or in relation to the muscle that you're training? So mm -hmm. if I have my hands up here, I'm going to push forward with my shoulders. There's no two ways about it. If I have my hands down here, I'm using my chest. Yeah, my shoulders are involved. My shoulder, you know, I would say the shoulders are the nosy neighbor of the upper body. Um, your shoulders want to get involved in everything. Biceps, your shoulders want to get involved. Shoulders always want to get involved. I think the hip flexors are the, the nosy neighbor of the low body, but yeah. the upper body, the shoulder, the shoulders want to be involved with everything. So mm -hmm. we need to be focused on that. Answer the question. Wait, 
I'll, that does answer the question. I'm going to, I'm going to keep tangenting here. So something that is trending now in the world of neurotoxin and I'll, and, and, and I'll, and I'll get cold for a second here is injecting Botox into your traps. It's called Barbie Botox so that you don't have, so that everything flattens out here. Um, and so Danielle and I were talking about it because she is trap dominant and it's something that she is interesting and interested in doing. It's not something that appeals to me because I don't think that I, that, that is how I'm built or how I've trained my body to function. But I kept saying to her, I don't know if it like, I, I know ideally, like we don't as women, by the way, women, please don't do shrugs. Please don't, please don't target traps unless you want to look like a gymnast with a, with a thicker neck. Like that's, please don't, that's not, a, I think that would yes, be the, no up I know, no upright rows, please. Yeah, please. So um, we can move on. But so Barbie Botox, they're injecting here. It's like flattening here. Um, and then I keep saying, and Danielle's interested. And I keep saying to her, I don't know if you can, you'll be able to like safely and effectively train your shoulders. Because even though we don't want traps involved, if you paralyze your trap, is that going to mess with your, your functional ability? I know I, and I, I know that was a random question and we might not know the answer, but it's, but it, but it seems, and I'm going to get Botox today. So I'm going to ask Trista too. Um, but I kept saying, I'm like, it just doesn't seem right because even if we're not targeting that muscle, it's still an accessory, right? Oh, I, I first of all, I've never heard of such a thing. Um, I know it's second, not. <laughs> second of all, um, it sounds like a really bad idea because all of our muscles do work together as a group. Mm -hmm. or as groups. That's why we call them compound exercises, right? Because they combine more than one muscle. Can't do a bench press with just your chest. Mm -hmm. um, and but, but back to the original point, that's the one thing I always say to my women clients is there's only one difference in the way I train a man versus a woman. Only one. And that's traps. Mm -hmm. Women don't want to develop trapezius muscles. They're not attractive. That's why, again, mm -hmm. no shrugs, no upright rows. I'm constantly harping on people when they're doing a low row. Get your shoulders away from your ears. Jess, you've heard me say mm -hmm. that how many times? Yeah. <laughs> get your shoulders away from your ears because we, we tend to want to, our mm -hmm. shoulders want to get involved. So, Always. yeah, that, the, but that whole thing, I, I mean, I. It's not nuts. It's, it's, it's a big trend thing. I and did, it's Botox, a lot I did of Botox, Botox for a year. But it's a it lot of Botox. It's not, it's not it's like, it's like 50 units or something like that. Um, it's, it's, it's nuts. Um, but all right. But so what should, what should be worse? What should be worse? What should be worse? Getting the, the Botox in the forehead, like I used to get, and then it became like a lost cause. Um, but what would be worse getting the droopy eye or having a dead shoulder? <laughs> Oh I'll gosh. go with the droopy eye. I, I, don't, I don't know. You would know you're the one that's had a crippled shoulder before. <laughs> Yes, I did. It wasn't that bad though. It wasn't wasn't completely. Wait, the reason done. that I'm going that the reason I'm going today, so I'm not due for Botox, but I got I got tox like two weeks ago, and you can you can see when I talk, I have this like this like little like rogue eyebrow. So um, something we all we we're, we have multiple plastic surgery talks on here, and I know that I, I and you you've dabbled in there as well, so we can talk about it on this. It's not totally irrelevant, but. Word nope. to the wise: If you get Botox and you have a, an angry eyebrow, you have to tell your Botox person. And if your Botox, if your injector is not telling you that, you should fucking fire them. Like this is not supposed to be a thing. And sometimes it happens, and you just need to do a couple little units, and then you're like perfectly even. So that's why I'm going back today. Um, but it's usually around that like two week mark, and I, we get lots of questions about like plastic surgery and stuff. So 
anyway, back to training. Um, let's talk mm. about people who want to. So we're, we're going to use the word toned, which I know that nobody in the biz likes to use the word toned. And everybody likes to immediately collect, correct a client the second they were, use the word toned and make them feel like they're idiots, which I hate. Um, because when somebody is talking about toned, what they mean, there's, well, you, I'll let, I'll let you take the question. Um, but if somebody, so what, 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 what are we, what is the goal really when we're talking the toned look and can you tone a muscle and women that come to me that want that toned look say, well, I have to do really high reps to get that toned look, um, myth busted. Okay. First of all, again, I will echo my 1000% objection to the whole idea of being toned. Uh, but we know what they mean. We know what they mean. So the, how are they going to get the effect that they seek or the results that they seek? Again, I'll, I'll come back to where I started. Reduction of subcutaneous body fat. That's going to make you look more toned right from the get-go. And especially if you are fortunate enough that you lose that sub-Q fat in your upper body, your shoulders, you start to get some shape there and what have you. But there's, the muscles can only do three things. They can grow, they can shrink, or they can shrink. <laughs> That's it. Our muscles don't do homostasis. Or homostasis, I always mispronounce that. Our muscles don't do that. <laughs> Our muscles are, are programmed to, to adapt. So if we're training, they're going to adapt and they're going to appear the way somebody who trains does. If we're sitting on the couch, they're going to adapt to that. And the couch adaptation is typically not the most desirable. But I think where it becomes difficult, and I've posted about this as well, is resistance training by definition requires rest days. You have to take time. You don't grow in the gym. You grow during the recovery. So that makes it especially difficult to make it into a habit. Because a habit is almost something that you have to do every day. You have to be devoted to it. So that, like you know, brushing your teeth, not that that's a habit, but I always make that analogy because um, to me, it's just personal maintenance, right? Like going to the gym is just personal maintenance. Brushing my teeth is personal maintenance. By the way, it always kills me when I go into the locker room and there's somebody brushing their teeth. It's like, did you really not brush your teeth until now? <laughs> I don't know. The most disturbing thing for me in the locker room is that the the women that are like full bore naked walking around are always the women with huge fucking bushes. Like, first of all, who has pubic hair anymore? Second of all, like, why are why are why is anybody just like like I like I'm really happy with my body, but I'm not walking around naked anyway. Like, I'm just not that person. No, I mean, I'm I'm not like upset at you. I like you. I mean, if that's what you want to do. Um, and that, that pelt is keeping your under nether regions warm. You go for it. Um, but I'm, but it's always like those people, it's always those people. It's like, it's so, it's so funny. I would almost guarantee that all of them are moms of multiple kids. <laughs> well, take care I, of I, I, would, I would almost put money on it. Take care of your snatch girl. <laughs> not going to be talking about vaginas Sorry. with my dad podcast i love it let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about pussy hair what do we want to talk about next wait i'm why am i covering my eyes i should be plugging my ears um <laughs> okay let's get out of, let's a, get out of the locker room sit back in the gym floor yeah. <laughs> let's get out of that subject okay um so let's talk about there was a question here about safety and about one rep maxes 
or training to failure. I think those are things I want to address real quickly. Okay. Um, everybody that's ever trained with me knows that the first thing I always deal with is safety. I do five things when I train somebody. Number one is safety. Number two is results. Number three is motivation. Number four is knowledge. Number five is making it you time. It's Jess time. It's Sarah time. It's Billy time. Those are my five basic tenants. But like, hold on, I'm having PTSD right now. Whenever I was like in trouble as a teenager, you would list off like your priorities as a parent for me, and it felt like that. They that yes. felt. <laughs> And it started. It yeah. also started. <laughs> it also started with safety. I I distinctly remember, Sarah. Here's my job. I need to keep you safe. Um, so, having said that, I mean safety always comes first because if we hurt ourselves, we're going to basically go back past square one, you know, below square one. But as far as you know, failure. That's another thing that that people don't really understand. First of all we're always stronger on the eccentric part of the movement. And that means the, the, the coming down. So using the bench press again, when I'm pushing forward, it's called the concentric movement. When I'm coming down, it's called the eccentric movement. We're always stronger by about 30% on the eccentric part of the movement. And I think that's part of our survival adaptation that, that nature made us so that we're really good at keeping things away from ourselves. <laughs> Like mm -hmm. something that might try to eat us. We're really good at keeping it away from ourselves. Mm -hmm. But that's why you'll see people bench pressing together. And the, the training partner is helping on the way up and then letting go. And the person training comes down on their own. Next rep, help, and then back down. So that is failure on the concentric part of the exercise because I'm not doing it any independently anymore. My training partner is helping me. So I have now effectively failed. But it, since I have a training partner, I can squeeze out two or three more reps, focusing on that eccentric part of the movement. But when you're training by yourself, you can't safely go that far. So I define failure in, 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 without a training partner. I provide, define failure as you couldn't reasonably expect to do another rep in good form. That means you're done. So there's no need to take risks. There's no need to say I can squeeze out one more. There's no need to say I didn't really fail. No, if you don't feel like you can do another rep in good form, then you're done. Now, getting back to progressive resistance. One of the things we can play with in addition to rest times and rep ranges is tempo. So if I don't want to go heavier, I just did a set of 135 pound bench presses. I don't really feel like going up and weight, but you know, I got 15. So maybe I'll do the next set and go with a really super slow tempo. Something else for me to, um, yeah, to vary, to adapt to. Well, especially with, a, with people that are just getting started. I think that's slowing down. Like if you watch anybody, if you look at the, the, the best physiques in the gym and not that the best physiques are the people that necessarily, you know, some people are genetic freaks. So I'm not necessarily saying that the person with the best. Yeah. It's usually the, it's usually the Jamaican, it's usually the Jamaican guy that was born with an eight pack. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, but like, let's, we'll generalize it. 
um, that yeah. they are, they are not the people that are like, that are like moving really, really quick. They're they, you know, they, they are paying attention to what they are doing. And I think one of the biggest errors and back to that mind muscle connection and that being able to load the muscle and load the proper muscle is to slow it down and really focus on using the muscle at hand because swinging weights or just moving the weight doesn't mean that you're targeting the muscle at hand. It's something that I, I, I do sometimes, and this is going to sound, this is like, it's, 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 it's almost embarrassing, but whatever, um, is I will sometimes like when I'm sitting on the couch, cause you know, I'm obsessed, obsessed with this shit. Um, I will like literally go through like each of my muscles and like, like, like contract them and just like practice that, like, like physically just moving like each muscle and going like head to toe down my body. I'm not a yoga or a oh, meditator. Me person. So yeah. And so I'll, <laughs> weird. Oh me no. Too. <laughs> but that's going to send us back to the locker room. Get out of there. <laughs> that's getting clips. Um, so just, so, just again, to talk about, talk about safety in the gym, uh, getting to failure and everything else. One of the things that's very common and very popular in the gym is something called pyramiding, right? So you start at a, at a weight, you cr- climb up, you get to your max, and then you, you go down, you re you regress. I think that's the stupidest thing in the world. Because what we're doing is, no, because when we get to our heaviest weight, we've already put ourselves at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. by going up. So all we wasted a lot of energy on the way up. So here's my philosophy. My philosophy is, let's say your max for a particular exercise, just for the easy arithmetic is a hundred pounds. Do one set at 50%. So do one set at 50 pounds. That's your warm up set. Do a little stretching, move around a little bit. Now you're warmed up. Now go attack your heaviest weight. So hit your heaviest weight on your first real set. My first set is always, my first exercise is always five sets because the Same. first set is, is, a, is a throwaway, okay? Jason but always calls it a, feel, a feeler set. A feeler a set. A feeler like, set. I like that. I like that. But it comes back to what you said earlier that I wanted to to, uh, to reiterate. You know, okay, so you're not really feeling like a full workout. So do two sets of everything. Um, mm-hmm. It's better than nothing. Well, sometimes I think it's better than anything because I don't know exactly who came up with the notion of four sets, 10 reps. Like who wrote that Bible? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, to me, it's I sometimes do two sets, especially when I get to probably smaller. the CrossFit people. Yeah. But as soon as I get to, is, 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 if, if once I get to the smaller muscles, if I'm doing chest and triceps, my triceps have taken a beating during the chest workout. There's just no two ways about it. I don't need to do five sets of tricep extensions. I can do right. two heavy sets. Then I can grab the right. rope and do some cable pushdowns, two, three sets. But I, I right. just don't get these, these like rules, you know? <laughs> well, and going back to like the, that like pyramid thing, um, which is, so on the way up, you're basically like setting yourself up for cardio. So that's orange theory. Um, and then you're not able to write fully load, fully load the muscle, but then talk about drop setting. So, 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 so let's say that we start off at, you know, and we, and we, and we load the muscle, um, how often do you incorporate things like, uh, like, like a drop set? So where you fail and then you'll tick down one or two. All right. So there's two different ways that I would define that. The first is taking away the pyramid and going from get warmed up, go to the top of the pyramid and then work down. I do believe in this side yep. of the pyramid, but yeah, as far same. as stripping weights, 
stripping weights and continuing, um, again, you're going to start to cross that line into lactic and then aerobic. So, so if you can it, drop that, if you can drop set multiple times, you're not, you need to increase, increase the load for your set, for yes. your free set. For the okay. heavier one, for That's the heavier one. Question I have. You know what? It's funny. I, Jason used to program drop sets into my programming and I, I, I haven't done them in years, honestly, because I just haven't. I just haven't done them, um, but I never uh, like fully worked worked through the value or or you know or waste of that. But um, that's that's helpful. Thank you. I I have learned I've learned a lot on this podcast. This is a good well, one. Well, at at any point to do something like that to just throw it into the mix is good. It doesn't need to be mm -hmm. a steady thing. It doesn't need to be part of your normal workout. But just to mix things up, for just to makes it more interesting well, to your head. Yes, but all but also I think that's something that you said about, you know, knowing your what your what your max weight is for something. Um, something that I think people don't do that it holds them back hugely is not writing things down, not knowing where they're at. So you're like guessing on your weight and then you're like spending all this time figuring out like where you need to be. You must record your workouts. Like you must record it's no fucking big deal. And if you're a fit with me client, you have an app that does it for you. Um, it's, it's, it really is. And then that is the best way to progress and you can track your progression over time, but logging your workouts is so, so important, especially as you are learning, um, to make sure that you, that you are progressing and you are moving through. And then you know what fucking weight to pick up as well. Like help me help you track your workouts. Right. And I, I, I don't anymore for my, for myself because I can just tell yeah, by how I feel been doing for fucking 45 years. I generally yeah, exactly. know what I'm picking up too. Um, and, and also like, if you've been doing, no, I think that, pe I, I think that people should, unless you've been doing it for 40 years, track your fucking workouts. Yeah. Well, I track my clients. I write down what they did last yeah. time and I can't tell you how often they're like, really? <laughs> right. And I'm like, yep. Red, green, red, green, and yellow, red, green, and yellow. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm making everybody get new bands too. They think they're getting so strong, but their bands are getting weak. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's so funny. What's like the, um, what's like the scariest thing that you've ever like seen at like that you've ever encountered at a gym and did you get involved? Okay. Yes. And yes. <laughs> the scariest thing as far as somebody hurting themselves or just in general, just like what's the most fucked up shit that comes to mind that you've been a okay. witness to. So, so we're in the gym. My, it was my buddy's gym, Joey and this douche who was a well-known douche, you know, one of these guys that would work out in the plastic suit, you know, cause he, so he could sweat. Oh my um, God. So he takes, he takes a squat rack and it's one of the freestanding squat racks. That's got the, the angle down like this with the pins for the weight to put the bar on. And then it's got a flat area if you wanted to use it for like deadlifts or something. And he proceeds to put weight on the barbell, put the barbell into the rack and then he takes uh, resistance bands and he attaches them to the ends of the barbell on the outside of the weights. And then he puts them under the feet of the squat rack. Okay. Okay. So he proceeds to go down for his first rep. Now, what he thinks these bands are going to do from him, for him, I have no idea, but I'm fascinated. I'm watching this from across the gym. And he comes up on his first up rep and the entire squat rack goes flipping forward and smashes the mirror. Fuck. Like literally flips forward. Now, idiot is standing there with weight on his shoulders 
the squat rack is in a pile in front of the broken mirror. Thank goodness nobody was walking back there because that was the path to the locker room. He gets the weight off himself. I think we helped him, whatever. And of course he goes into the, oh, I'll pay for it. Oh my God, I'll pay for it. I'm so sorry. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. I'll blah, 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 blah. Well, now it gets fixed. Don't you guys have insurance? Oh, <laughs> It's like, wait a second, dude. I was there when you said you were going to pay for it. Um, so that was the stupidest one I've ever seen. But I see dangerous stuff all the time. Um, yeah. And unless like, it's like wait, really super dangerous. Can I make a guess that the most common is people doing a lat raise behind their head? We could do, or excuse I, me, a lat pull down behind their head. I think that's the thing I see most commonly. And I see fucking trainers like standing behind and programming this in people's coaching. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing right now? <laughs> yeah, that's my number one. That's my number one. But it has to be pretty egregious. I hate to see people swing stuff, um, especially the kettlebell swinging. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Um, but the only, I have found over the years that even if you're recognized as a trainer in a gym, if you approach a stranger and try to give them advice, they very often get very prickly. Yeah. Um, no, people, you know, really. people are just funny that way. So if it's mm -hmm. really, really bad, um, I found a great way around that. I'll go up to the person and I'll say, you know, I used to do those just like that. And I was reading an article the other day that it's really dangerous. So I stopped mm -hmm. doing them that way. So this way, it's not like me coming over like I'm the big authority. It's like, right. I was just well, as yeah, dumb as you. Like, like, well, especially because the gym is that, like, you know, you feel like everybody's watching you. And now somebody, now you know somebody is watching you. And then you're like, oh, okay. And now they're being, you know, now they're giving you feedback, even if it is constructive. I, I like, I, you know, I, well, I get that. Not, you're in my case, everybody is looking at me. Oh, oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that we could well, do a follow-up episode of the dumbest, act, like the most ineffective exercises that we see all, ineffective and dangerous exercises. Next episode. How's that? Good. All right. Um, I will. Um, and I, uh, I'll answer. Yeah, you know what? Let's. Uh, well, we can talk about like nutrition and partitioning and all of that stuff in another episode. Episode two. I think that. I think that we've. I think we've, I think we've done enough. I agree. Um, thank you again for saving the day. Really, really appreciate you popping in. Uh, Jess and I have just been like flying solo and I feel like, you know, it was, it was time to just have a podcast with some meat on the bones and not just us talking shit. Well, you, you got the, you got the, you got the hire a clown. Yeah. Keep I mean, there's, it, everybody. Still, there's still plenty of shit talking. I mean, believe me, that's, you know, that's what we do. <laughs> All right. Are we all good? Yeah. Thank you, for, thank you for listening to the Been There Lost Fat podcast. Our motto here is do it right so you only have to do it once. If you're looking for personalized and customized programming and to reach your to reach and sustain your health and fitness goals, check us out at teamfitwithme.com uh, and cancel your Orange Theory membership. Hire Billy for the same amount and you will see huge changes. Have a and good follow week. me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Oh, Billy yeah, wait, Fit with me. So Billy D underscore fit with me. Um, and you can see that like we, we all like Sharon and post uh, cohesively. Um, if you want to reach out to Billy via email, Billy D fit with me at gmail.com. Um, I won't include your phone number because I don't want anybody, any of those, any of those scammers, but keep an eye out for his only fans. It's coming next. Well, I've got a whole, uh, I've got a whole bunch of bots following me now. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I want um, real people. Right, Come follow me. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye.